Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. No, I'm at I'm I'm at the WTB. One. I'm at the uh, Maureen Younger one. For fuck's sake, guys! <laughs> Hannah, we even got together early to try and get our shit together. We're Gatsby, sorry. we've been here since eight thirty in the fucking morning. <laughs> right, I'll start again. And you guys can get a job in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Can you hear that? Yeah. Does that sound like Christmas to you? It sounds like Christmas, Jen. It's Well, there's only one bell. <laughs> well, Santa's had to downsize. How many are there meant to be? I don't know. How many bells do you have? It's, it's a bit... It's a bit of a lonely sound, isn't it? But that's the sound of Christmas, everyone. Anyway. That sounds so, like Christmas 2020. One bell. One bell. One lonely bell ding, hanging ding, off ding. a piece of pipe cleaner. Yeah, this one, this, uh, this, it's in isolation. Socially distancing. Yeah, socially distancing on <laughs> yeah. its own. It's a lonely jingle bell. Well, here we are. And welcome to the Christmas episode of WTB, Women Talking Bollocks. Wow. What a, did you, I mean, I, I like the way I started that. That was the peppiest. That's the peppiest we've ever started it, Alison. And actually, I'm a bit disappointed because I thought you would be bringing that kind of jingle bells to the table because I know that you are the peppiest. Well, Am I right? Uh, I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't need props for my peppiest. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're She's just naturally peppy. You just bring the pep to the table. I am the okay. bell. Yeah. Um, you got to be careful with that in this country because if you describe yourself as a bell, uh, it will <laughs> inevitably be associated with a man's with, penis. With um, end, yeah. <laughs> the end, the end of a bell. Now, this is an exciting episode, I, I believe. Would you say? Maureen, let's go to you. I know that you're you're at the edge of your seat, but that's also this because... is an exciting episode, and it's not because Jen found a bell end to play with. It's why is it exciting, <laughs> ladies? Well, that's why we just come to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's exciting because we have a special guest. Our first Yay! guest. Yeah. Our first guest, possibly our last, but it's our special... <laughs> when word gets out. There's no point in announcing it on here because it will be in the title of the podcast. Oh yeah. WTB with the guest. Well, because it's nice to let people know that we're in a. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, Maureen. I just I went to you for some support, but obviously... Well, that was your first mistake, wasn't it? I mean, if you want support, go to Alison. You it's know true. that. It's true. <laughs> okay, thanks, Maureen. Um, yes, of course, we've got the fantastic Hannah Gadsby on the show Yay! today. We were very excited to get her. She was absolutely just Less delirious. Excited. She was delirious, Maureen, actually. I think we're fine. So excited to be with us. And we thoroughly enjoyed hanging out with uh, Hannah. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. You're welcome. Um, that, that's it, really, isn't it? Da, da, da. Yay! Yay! Gatsby! Hi, Hannah. How you doing? <laughs> Hello, mate. That was amazing. <laughs> this is how we start every podcast. We like to make it a bit exciting. Yeah. Okay. We're very much a soft opening in this podcast, so we don't actually start. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm in the loop. You're in the loop, mate. So we're very excited to have our guests on this, which will be our 22nd and final episode of the first series of WTB podcast. We've got Hannah Gadsby and the fabulous Jenny Shamash in the house. Hello, ladies. G'day. Hello. Okay, that was, I mean, I feel like we could have had a bit more enthusiasm there. <laughs> from us or from you? Listen, Jenny, that's as much enthusiasm as I can give. That's the most enthusiasm I've had in 22 episodes. <laughs> that's it. I've given that's the most energy I can possibly give. I already understand where Hannah's energy is and it's the same whether she's really excited, she's indifferent, she's bored or she's consumed with adrenaline, which is never. So I'm expecting the same. Here it is. Let's feel it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit more chipper than usual to be honest. It's true. I know. It's I can true. I can actually see a twinkle in the eye, so I already know this. Hannah, I haven't spoken to you for ages, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, I don't know what people want to hear. This period in history, this year, when people say, what have you been up to? I don't know what the rules are because sometimes I've had a good day and not a lot of people want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and usually in normal world, no one wants to hear about a bad day. So, you know, you just want to, all right. And they go, well, fuck you then. You've had a good day. Well, you and all your privilege. And you're just like, well, I don't know. Stuff's changed. Rules have changed. I know. I hear we just generally have the same day, don't we? Like, um... I, mean, you, I mean, England, you're just standard, miserable. Yeah. That's your best foot forward there. Yeah. We don't like to step out of either uh, average or just a horror show. But you do it with such a sing-song little accent. You get away with it. Like, if Australians were as miserable as the English... But with better weather. We'd just, you know, we'd sort of implode. Because <laughs> our accent needs some kind of positivity to get away with it. Like, it's just... 
<laughs> you know, the, the level of misery, you have to have a little bit of a lilt. That's why whenever we talk, we just don't go up at the end because that would suggest that something good might be about to happen. But no, we're like, no, how's your yeah. day? Shit. Not even a question. Yeah. Absolute bollocks. Listen, you're heading towards spring, aren't you? Are you spring at the moment? So you're getting your vitamin D right now. Okay. We're summer now. We're through it. Technically in summer. You're in summer. Okay. So we're heading towards the shortest day of the year. And I'm not going to say that's affected our mood. Has it affected your mood, Maureen? No. What about you, Jane? Because you're always upbeat normally, aren't you? Well, listen, I am a, a beacon of light in this podcast. I often am the one that people turn to when they want a little bit of a G up, a little bit of optimism. Gasby, when you've come down to Brighton, you've joined me. I've been sea swimming since the summer and I haven't stopped banging on about it. I am that prick. I am practically vegan now. I won't stop going on about it. Somebody sent me a text to say, how do you know if you're talking to someone that is either sea swimming, uh, vegan or CrossFit? Oh, they'll tell you. And I was like, well, that is the oldest joke I've ever heard. But then I was like, oh, that's me. And it's also, don't be lazy. Just pick a lane, <laughs> go with it. Just Pick who you want to insult. You know, if, you, if you're just like, I don't like this group of people's enthusiasm, but don't just go, here's all the people I don't like and all their opinions. I know, Gadsby, but we're in Brighton, so that triptych very much is in the same Venn diagram. Often, if you're a sea swimmer, you are a vegan and you also like CrossFit. No, you're not, though. No. You're an anomaly. I am an anomaly. <laughs> you swim in the ocean with your mouth open. You're going, I want a fish. If a fish goes in there, you're happy. And I just let that slide straight through. You would think my gag reflex wouldn't be that good, but actually, it's incredible. It's been a long time since you've eaten meat, isn't it? No, Jen is often chasing boats to get a bit of petrol. She's like, let's do it. Let's start the morning off. A little petrol shot. <laughs> it's not a euphemism, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sausage factory never went my way. That is very true. <laughs> Hannah, like I said, we haven't we haven't spoken for a, a while. And when we have, it's been on WhatsApp. And uh, it's been, as always, like one message, three days later, another message, two days later, another message. What are the, What's interesting... In this moment is that people sort of notice that they're contacting people less and it's a weird time and it's just like it's just brought me up to up to speed <laughs> i am intermittent at best with my you know you and i have not spoken for years and when we've reconnected i behave like we spoke the day before <laughs> i don't really even ask questions you've had kids have you where did I miss that? So I really, yeah, you know, curiosity is not my strong point there. I'm happy for you to tell me, but I... I, I to be fair, um, Hannah did turn up after the kids were born, like a day later, to the hospital. And then... I did, didn't I? I bought snacks. Yeah, you bought snacks. And then we never mentioned it again for two years, did we, Till you saw them. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's... because having kids is like the opposite of becoming a vegan. <laughs> what do you mean? Because parents don't, like, when people have just had kids... And they're completely, especially twins, overwhelmed. They are happy for adult company. They're sick of talking about their kids. Oh, gotcha. And we want to drink. Yeah. So I'm that person. People obsessed with their children get very disappointed in my lack of curiosity about them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I've had great training, Hannah, because I've had Maureen. Yeah. Who literally would be next to the children and not notice them. That's true. She caught me on my phone while the kids were screaming by my, my foot. But the great thing, Hannah, was when she first had them, she went... Um, do you want to look at my kids? I've just had some kids. Do you want to look at my look at pictures of the twins? I went, do I have to? Yeah, absolute perfect training there. I, 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 I'm very self-aware about how boring children are. I've got, there's no... No, so, no I like them. I just never think to ask about it. <laughs> like if someone said, do you want to see a picture of my kids? I'm like, I love that. How interesting. What a novel concept. 
You've taken a picture of someone you love and you want to share it. I'm like, oh, I would never think to do that. <laughs> well, they remember you and they don't remember anyone. I make an impression with my lack of interest. <laughs> very confusing, especially to cute children. They're like, what? They're ignoring me. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm still waiting for those photographs you took when we went to Eastbourne. Yeah. Do you remember you brought a camera and you were like, I'll send these to you. And I said to, I said to Chloe, we'll never see those photos. No, you and you were like, no, no, you were like, you will. I'm going to send them to you. Anyway, it's been four years. Where are they? Yeah. Plenty <laughs> time. Do you still have she them? She didn't say when she'd send them to you, did she, Jen? So what's been going on with you, Gatsby? Come on, give us some give us some give us some gossip. I haven't been sorting through old photos. That's that's <laughs> what have I I've got a puppy. Look, you've already got two dogs and now you've got a little pup. What what was the impetus? Look, okay. It's a bit tricky. Um, I um, I actually got it from my brother and his family because they've got three little kids. And he, you know, his wife has never had a dog. And she's, she's like, we're not going to be a dog family. My brother's like, hmm. So I I just got him a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, that's not good. They wanted one, kind of. But it was just like they were umming and ahhing. And I said, by the time you get around to this, no good. The kids are too old. Like, kids gone. I mean, they're still alive. They move out of home. You know how it works. <laughs> They're just little kids. And so I just sort of said, you know what, I'm going to just throw a puppy at him for Christmas. Hope it swims. And no, but I'm training her up so she's half. To, you know, puppies are a lot, particularly if you've, you know, got three kids. Okay, so now you need to talk to Alison because she's got a puppy and she can. you were up at six this morning. Okay, Alison. Yeah, he decided to get up at 6.30, which, you know, lovely. Who doesn't want to watch the sun? Why were you up at six then? Maybe you got up at 6.30 because you got up at six. <laughs> Quite possible. Sorry, it's my bad. It's my bad. Hey, listen, timing isn't my strong point, okay? All right. What sort of dog is it other than an early bird? Oh, it's uh, it's Pomeranian. Talk me through the decision of this. Okay, so why a Pomeranian? Here we go. Because I'm living in the UK and there's no space. Pomeranians are tiny, right? Gets enough exercise running around the house and in our little back garden. They require no grooming from a groomer. You can just brush them yourself for their whole life. They have good health. Okay, now that's the research you, sh- you did beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you have another one? At this moment, uh, why wouldn't I have another I li- one? I like hearing people, tr- like, what don't you like about it? <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Whoa, this is like dog therapy. Yeah, I've realized, well, to be honest with you, Hannah, nobody asked me about the fucking dog on this podcast, so thank you. I'm a little <laughs> thrown by this yeah. right now. Children, not interested. <laughs> Dogs, you're right in. Thank you. <laughs> just have more questions. I'm ready to talk. This is so nice. Like, thank you. Oh, this is a wormhole I didn't expect to be flung into. I guess I wasn't ready to be so selfless. Uh, But I've realized now that the puppy comes first at all times. It's a puppy. You got eyes on the puppy. What are you eating? What are you chewing? What are you eating? What are you chewing? That is... uh, That's my life right now. Uh, And as a person who's obsessed with food, I didn't think that this would bother me so much. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, everything's in his mouth. But but I love him. But I love him. He did vomit on me this morning on my chest while he was resting on me. But I still... But did he eat it back up again? You know what, Hannah? I don't let him do it. I know what... Puppy... Everyone's like, it's natural. I was like, it's disgusting is what it is. It's disgusting, but not as disgusting as cleaning it up yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I'm not sold at all on dogs. I just, you couldn't, yes, I, I just couldn't be bothered. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. But they look at you with these eyes of love. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, you know Chloe, so she's not, she couldn't cope with a cat. And we can't, I mean, basically, 
the children just are enough responsibility. I can't take on any more. And, and like dogs do require you Hang to on, be. Sorry, what's Chloe got to do with this? I know that, but you're just like, Chloe, we have kids. No, like that's, no, that's no, just because... a list of things you have. Like that's not a reason. You've just done a list. Well, okay, so the list is I can't take on the responsibility and Chloe couldn't cope with a fur that we had from a cat. The, now, you know, dogs just are like, they're all hair and running around and then they go to the park and then you've got to wash them. And then there's... So what you're saying is... They smell. You're on the cusp. I could possibly. Of going, I'll have to pull a little bit more weight here. Like you get, <laughs> you just know that Chloe has... Her plate is full, and you're like, if I give it, like, I'll have to actually be up at six and yeah, clean up puke. My plate will be just as full as hers. How dare you unpack that in an accurate way? No, look, I I think it's smart. Like, you know, no, I don't think responsibility is not my thing. Yeah, thing is, dogs, you don't have to worry about what school they go to. You don't have to worry about like what hobbies, who their friends are. Like the responsibility is just you're not gonna break the world with the bad parenting you do to a dog. Like, there are repercussions for being a bad parent. Bad dog, you just have a horrible dog and then it dies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't want a horrible dog in my house, you know. And also, we were thinking of getting a new sofa, so that's, that's the dog out, you know. And also, we were thinking of getting one of those sofas that might even be nice. Have you seen these? They're in shops. Have you ever met a dog you liked? Yes, I've met dogs I liked. I just, I've, I've never wanted to take it home with me. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've met men I like. I don't want to sleep. That just means you're not a pervert. But like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, Jen? I don't care if you don't want a dog. I'm just letting you interrogate your own reasons just to see if there's somewhere inside of you that wanted a dog. Listen, let's fast forward 10, 15 years and you might come over and I've got a fucking dog, okay? And you, and probably, I know. And I'll probably not ask a single question. You won't even notice that the dog is there. I know that. Usually when things like that happen, I go, there's a world in which I already knew this, so just be cool. <laughs> Right, okay. Well, I'm glad we've covered, the dog's been covered. Maureen, why don't you tell us, what have you been doing this week? I haven't bought a dog this week. I haven't really been doing that much exciting. I just found out I've been knitting. I've started knitting during lockdown. You just found out you've been knitting. That's an exciting week. (laughs) (laughs) Sleep knitting. So here's what happens, Hannah. On this podcast, Women Talking Bollocks, we have a, a few different sections that we talk about every week. And one of them is a Be More Maureen, okay? And this section is basically where we go to Maureen or to any, we could go to you if you've got one, where Maureen has done something absolutely absurd that lacks any common sense and it's our Be More Maureen moment. Now, obviously, Maureen has one every week. I know that you had one down a, a slide. A water slide, yes. I know that I had one round your brother's house with a key. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how I, That's if ever I mention yeah. you to my brother, he goes, who? Which one? What? You know, <laughs> Jen. I go, oh, how is she? <laughs> well, I think this Be More Maureen moment should go to you, Hannah, and you can talk about this particular moment that happened when I stayed in your home in 2014 at, during the Melbourne Comedy well, Festival. Well, yeah, I, I, I invited you to live with me. I, did you know I lived above a shop? Yeah, I did. You told me, yeah. Your, your brother's shop, yeah. Yeah, because it sounds like a nice thing. Come, on, live, come and stay with me during the festival. But it's like, a, you know, I lived above my brother's fruit and veg shop and the privacy was kind of... Zero. they just come up and there's stock in the spare room and and whatnot. Yeah. And sometimes they come up and use the bathroom. It's like, fine, just seat down. Like, come on. <laughs> and then they start setting the shop up at like four. You know, they come in and like they'll be, you know... 
unloading from the, the market. So like for people who are performing at the at a comedy festival, there's a very narrow window, if any at all, between when you go to bed and the shop starts banging around. <laughs> and we couldn't have the key because apparently, like, they've, you know, he's a good businessman but shit with logistics because he's like, there's one key. It's just one key to open one particular door that separated the shop from the flat upstairs. And that one key sat on the ledge. And what, it, was, it was a system that had been working for years. So, there was, they did, you know, it's, it's dangerous on the thought of but it just years. worked. So no one thought to come up with a better one. Then Jen yeah. arrived and halfway through the festival, she knew the system. You grab the key from the ledge. It, by the way, like it, it's not the system anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. So, and, so she grabs the key off the ledge, opens the door. And then can we just establish what time it is? It's like four in the morning, yeah. so it's like yeah, just before the shop opens, just before the shop opens. <laughs> I am leathered, and well, you managed to find the key, but then you forgot the rest of yeah. the process, which is put the key back. So you've opened the door, trousered the key, shut it, locked everyone in the world out, and passed out in that you know heavy, heavy. I've had too much to drink. I may not wake up if I, you know, if I need to. And you didn't. I didn't. I didn't wake up. I didn't wake up. You know, an hour later, the panic started. People just trying to get in. No, I don't know. I think I was asleep. Kept it tidy the night before. You weren't there. You oh, maybe I kicked on. Maybe I stayed longer. You were out. You were still I was still out. out. I never know how to go home. <laughs> anyway, um, no one could wake Jen and the shop was like they had a, a truck full of fruit and veg that needed to be on the shelf. Things were melting, watermelons were going bad, and everyone was just Jen. But the thing that woke her up was Hamish got hold of me, and then we got hold of Chloe. Yeah, who was in the UK, England, and you woke up for that text because <laughs> <laughs> the instincts kicked in. There's something about what have I done wrong that will wake you up. <laughs> I had like about 46 missed calls on my phone. There were text messages from you, from Chloe. Which she never gets. And (laughs) I never normally get texts from you, well, particularly when I'm living with you. And then I heard, just heard, that's when I heard your brother. And um, that's when I realised, that's when it dawned on me what I'd done. I mean, your brother was really good about it. I mean, he looked like he wanted to murder me. He didn't have time to debrief with you because they had a lot to do. (laughs) He was good about it. He was very good, yeah. You felt the worst. Oh, I did, yeah. Like once the problem was solved, everyone just got on with it. But you're still living with this. (laughs) It's the British way, Hannah. It's the British way. It's the Catholic guilt, Hannah. I'll never shake that off. Look, to make you feel better, Jenny has a story about what I just did in the kitchen. Jenny, let's hear it. Okay. Hannah was making dinner, cleaning up from dinner. What a guy. Probably not cleaning up from dinner. No, statistically speaking, (laughs) very unlikely. Yeah. For being really honest. (laughs) And I was in the other room, probably playing with the dog. And then I hear Hannah panicking. She's like, oh my God, Jenny, 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 come over. So I'm like, okay, what's wrong? And I ran over to the kitchen and she's pointing at the floor and she says, what is that? And I look down and I'm like, okay. So... On the floor, there's what appears to be a little pile of white powder. Like about 20 cent piece. Yeah, just... Enough to go, that's a, that's, like, it's a a mystery. Okay. (laughs) It was a real mystery. And so I get down on the floor to examine it further, and I notice 
like there's a sort of a wet spot next to it. Hannah's standing up looking over me, totally freaked out. <laughs> She's like, what is that? What is that? So I look and I say, okay, well, this little wet spot <laughs> looks like maybe spit. And she's like, yeah, because I spit it out. What? <laughs> I said, you ate it? She's like, yeah. well, I wanted to see what it was, so I most, tasted it. Most mysteries can be solved that way. I stand by that. Oh, my God. I said, well, then what is it? <laughs> she said, I don't know. That's why I called you over here. I need you to taste it now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this has been in your mouth. What was it? You did not solve the mystery. I wet my finger, I dunked it in, and I put it in my mouth, and then I panicked. <laughs> like, at best, it could have been baking powder, <laughs> which I don't think it was. And at worst? At anyway. worst. Well, you're still with us. But the we thing don't. is, that the first moment that I realized that tasting a mystery powder on the floor was stupid was when Jenny had to ask me, did you put that in your mouth? <laughs> like, it, <laughs> That's something I would say to my children. Did you put that in your mouth, darling? Like the puppy. What are you eating? <laughs> I left you alone for two minutes. I am not too dissimilar to a dog. Hannah, your instincts are what they are, and we all accept them. And we don't, and I often don't question them. We just sort of go, okay, but maybe next time don't do that. All right, my love? I haven't done it since. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, you know, I'm grateful that you never were in a position where you had to, like, change a nappy and then got a little brown thing on your finger and went, is that chocolate? You know. Oh, no one has <laughs> ever let me babysit the kids. It's not that they don't trust that I could do it. They don't want to put me in the position where I'm, I have to change nappies. No. Alone. Like, I once, I vomited on Gus, my, one of my nephews, when he was a baby because he did a little shart. <laughs> it didn't even hit me. But I just had to see it. And my brain does that thing where I'm just like, well, that thing that looks and smells terrible, I need to imagine it as vividly as possible in my mouth. Oh, right. Okay. And I, th like, I just can't not do that. It's a thing I've done my whole life. So immediately whenever you see something, you're like, you're envisaging it, what, like consuming it, like chewing it and tasting it. So it's a sort of the thing that my mind is able to do is to conjure the sensation of taste and and of something like that like I think there's a crossover in my brain between smell and and taste and then I go the extra step and go <laughs> <laughs> can I ask Hannah can I ask how many shampoos have you tasted in your life I haven't counted them but I would dare say every one I've met I love you what is the show called oh yeah I've got it We've been talking bollocks, yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Hannah, one of the other things we talk about is what we've watched on TV or what you've watched on screen. Anything exciting that mm-hmm. you've watched recently? What have you watched, Knitter? Crazy Stupid Love is on Amazon, which I totally recommend. Fantastic movie. Oh, not that again, Maureen. Flipping it. I love that movie. Not that it's bloody. Fantastic. It's only because you fancy Ryan Watts' chops, isn't it? I mean, Ryan Gosling. What's not to like? Okay, fine. All right. So Maureen's going to be Crazy Stupid Love. Who hasn't seen that movie? Huh? Me. What are we talking about? <laughs> it's sort of a rom-com situation. Yeah, no chance. It's really funny. It's it, very, it, it's, very funny. As rom-coms go, it's actually, it, it's bearable, I think. It's very well written. Stop being... It's a... not awful. I decided I might write a rom-com and then I thought I should watch one <laughs> to the end. If you watch one, you've watched them all. Even in the name of research, I have not. Have I watched a full no. one? No. We thought for a second, I forget which one it was. We tried to watch one and we got like mm, seven minutes in before you couldn't take it anymore. But then we had a conversation about what was so irritating about that particular rom-com. And then we had an idea of doing a little rom-com watching trail of like each time you watch one, you pick out what is the thing that's irritating and you find one that you feel like solves that problem, but then invariably has a different problem. It's just like watching three hours of two people not saying what they mean. Yeah. Or somebody having a, an incredible makeover. You know, like it's usually the woman. She's like, oh, I'm not that attractive. Oh, I haven't realised my own value. Oh, I have. I don't know. I really, I can only, you know, all of my ego is sort of like tied in with what this man thinks of me. Oh, I've taken my glasses off. I'm so beautiful. You know, it's that. It's that thing. And then the guy's like, oh, I, here I was chasing this piece of skirt when I had you all along. And that's the end. <laughs> or it's a stalker oh. that turns into a stalker with a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah the stalker thing is true. It's, it's generally like, uh, oh, a guy is in love with a woman that doesn't know he exists and he just follows her around. And we're supposed to think that that isn't creepy. Yeah. What was the movie that we both agreed that was everyone said was really romantic and you and I were like, ugh. A Star is Born. Uh, Was it that one? Oh, my gosh. Look, it's all right. But I just think the world needs to move on from dreams come true, if you may. Like, just like, ugh. And I kept watching it, and they kept putting their faces together, and it just looked like that. Like, is it a vase? Or is it two phases? Is it a vase? Because they're just like, that's the shot. That's the only shot. Like, like, this vision. And (laughs) it's just... I just, I just, it's not your thing. I get it. And also, he, he just sweat the whole way through. Didn't he? There was too much sweat. And then the thing with his, he kept touching her nose. And also, she wakes up. She's in her childhood bed. She's having a nap. And, and a guy she met the night before is there. Because her dad said, sure, come in. She's in a room. Why don't you stand while she sleeps until she wakes up? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Who? Like just, and people are going, oh, they got together. <laughs> I know the whole dynamics of that relationship is completely fucked. And then at the end, we're supposed it's to go. Built on 
on red flags. Like that's it's a castle of red flags. Yeah. Sorry. No, I I totally agreed with you. And I thought I was the only one because Chloe finished watching again. That was so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, he was a complete creep. That was an abusive relationship. I am so I don't think that's romantic at all. And then we met and you told me the same thing. I was like, oh, but you were a bit more articulate about it than I was. I was like, the, the, the subtext of most romantic comedies is that, hey, you know your gut instinct, ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Dreams come true. Just get a raging alcoholic drug addict and change them, and uh, you've fallen in love. That's what love is, everyone. That's yeah. and love then is die. codependency. Love yeah. is codependency, and then you die. Yeah. Watch the one with Judy Garland. I've been watching Friends. Oh, Twenty years late. We watched the entirety of ten seasons. Yeah. First to last. First time, or I had a rough start to life. Uh, yeah, start to finish. Way to go. And I had a good time. Did you? You liked it? Yes. It's, uh, it's, they are, I mean, I understand that they are friends, but I think the reason it's called friends is because they feel like your friends. I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like exposure. And they, they become so familiar because we're, you know, it's pandemic. We're in, we're in hard quarantine here. So it was just like every night. And then by the end of it, I, I think I was grieving for a week. Because you lost your friends. You lost your friends. They yeah. weren't there every day. Yeah, They might be coming back, isn't it? There's talk, there's a reunion. Yeah, no, no, no. They need to They need to calm down about that. No end. end. Can't bring the magic back. They're old. We don't care how they are when they're not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I sound like my mum then. <laughs> I was going to say, you really do. Or society, yeah. It, it got a bit of flack, didn't it, when it went on Netflix and it was all... 28 seasons or whatever it is. Oh, because people who have been born relatively recently don't know that people were not them. Like, like when they watch it, you know, watching texts that were created, you know, with different politics. When you watch Friends, it's like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable with the politics of the 90s. That What that gets translated into is like, this is evil. <laughs> it's like yeah because we want to cancel everything yeah it's a reflection of you know what that was yeah i think people people think that, that what we're thinking now is how everybody's going to think in 20 years time we'll be thinking differently from how we think now it's the mores change over time don't they yeah but which is fine but to not to imagine the way we think now had anything to do with how we used to think i'm fascinated when i watch something that raised no yep. questions in my mind at the time and yet it helped form who I am. And when I rewatch it, I'm like, that's junk. <laughs> like, so there's like two, two kinds of reactions to it. Some people sort of, you know, think therefore it can't do any harm and there's no point evolving. That's good enough. I like it. Nostalgia's good. Make America great. <laughs> that was something. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on. A th- what I've just started to do then will share <laughs> an idea that is not ready. <laughs> No, I totally get what you're saying. And I also think, you know, it's really difficult to like context, you know, put something that was created like 20 or 30 years ago and then recontextualize it in our age. The things that we thought were okay in the 90s, we clearly now (laughs) recognize are like, oh, okay. But at the time, no one was thinking, oh, I don't think what's the name should be in a fat suit or I don't think making fun of or having really overtly camp gay people is homophobic or whatever it was. I can't even remember. But now it I just You know what I think it is? I think if something doesn't look familiar, you, you forgive it a lot less. If you're watching something made before you were born, there's not a chance you've ever liked the jeans they're wearing. And that is enough for you to go, well I'm not gonna like this person. Like I see people wearing like 
fashion that I used to hate when it was fashionable. And I see it like 90s jeans are coming back and I'm furious. Yeah. I never and thought I'd see acid wash again. And yet it's starting to, it appeared, acid wash appeared again. Like when it first appeared, when acid wash first appeared, I've sort of gone, well, there's clearly something I'm missing. I'm a bit naive. Yeah. Other people know better than I do. And then the second time it appeared, I've gone, well, we know better. We've done this before. <laughs> I know. Well, in conclusion, I'm going to rewatch Friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hannah, Alice has got a thing about horror films. Are you a big fan of horror films? Um, I don't like feeling bad. Well, not all horror movies make you feel bad, which is why this week for Christmas I have two recommendations. Number one, a classic that I think we'll all enjoy. Gremlins. And yes, it is a horror movie, but right for the whole family. But my second recommendation, a little more to my taste, is called Jack Frost. And no, it is not the one with Michael Keaton. It is about a killer snowman, a murderer who is taken to go be executed on midnight, but the truck collides with a toxic uh, waste truck. They're thrown into the snow, things mixed together. Thus, we have killer snowman and the excitement ensues. Oh, Alison, that is classic Christmas fare. Get the family round, for heaven's sake. All gather round and watch a toxic snowman on Christmas Day. I, I, beside, I just don't understand why you go, you know what, I'm a bit stressed, I want to relax. How about I del- deliberately make myself feel like terror? I have a theory. It's catharsis. I, yeah, I have a theory on this. The reason why I think I personally have loved horror movies so much is because they're the most emotionally detached, right? You can be getting dumped, lose your job, you throw in a horror movie thank God I'm not possessed, right? It kind of gives a silver lining on life, no matter what. I don't have an, an axe maniac chasing me right now. Shit's okay. Like, yeah, it, but don't you watch it? You don't have one chasing you now. But I'm a bit more prepped for when he shows up outside the house, I feel like now. I've watched... A... Legit prepping or you think you're emotionally prepped? Maybe emotionally, yeah, maybe. Or are you just like, yeah, I'm not going to go outside in a wet T-shirt on my own at night. When I've heard a noise. I'll always throw on wet t-shirts at night. <laughs> Fuck it. Why does no one in a horror film, when they walk into a house and it's dark, why does no one switch a fucking light on? That's what I want to know. They're like, hey, I just... No, but sometimes it hasn't. It's like, there's a light switch. Switch a light on. Oh, yeah. Personally speaking, I find light can be jarring if I've been outside. And then it's like, oh, it's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, but if you think someone's down there... <laughs> Here's a thing I don't do. I often will leave the light off. But I will never, ever, ever walk into a house to investigate something that is potentially frightening. I go, you know what, that's, I will lick powder off the floor, but I will not go into a space. I'm not completely sure of what will happen. Something's in there. I'm going the other way. Bye-bye. So, Hannah, another section that we do is the cultural corners. I saw a show that you did about art, which was fantastic. So we're thinking we might as well use your knowledge. Give us a, what, like some examples of artists that you would recommend that people check out, perhaps they haven't heard of, that aren't as well known. I'm really bad at that. It's like, you know, who's your favourite? And, you know, those words or who would... is They are words that will reliably turn my brain off. 
because I think choice it's something about the decisions like oh I don't want to make I don't want to uh, how about you tell me who you like and I'll tell you if they're crap or not that's a game I like to play <laughs> I'm really a German and Austrophile so you know things like you know like from the 1920s Otto Dix George Gross I just find them cheerful they're really striking imagery I mean I don't really know much about art I'm, I don't I couldn't do a, a show about art but yeah I find them very striking those images they stick in your mind I remember going to the Louvre which is this mass you know obviously a massive museum in France <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Well, you know, just in case, not to you, I'm just talking to some listeners, or maybe not. But like, I remember going to Louvre and having, just saying, oh God, I can't see any more art. And I saw a painting at the far away and I thought, and I know nothing about art. I was like, bet you that's a Goya. It was just so striking. And I went up there and it was Hang on, sorry, what? You go, I don't know anything about that art, but I said, I bet you that's a Goya. Like, that is just me, like, listen to your own story. (laughs) (laughs) You know something, you know who Goya is, and at a glance, you know what his paintings look like. That's something. Yeah, but I, I'm not. In, I'm not in this informed say as you. I mean, I remember watching your show. You know, I kind of know a few people. And then I, I, I me and Jen went to an, a Klimt and Sheila exhibition, which was a. I'm a, a big Austro fan, so I love the. You know, I mean, art if you are there. able to identify a period of art that you're a fan of, you know things about art. I want you to stop saying you don't know things about art. Because you do. Can I just say, I met Egon Sheila's nephew. You go. And he told me this fascinating story. Indicate that you know things about art. Yeah, I know none of these names. I admit it. I admit it. Yeah. Egon Sheila, um, nephew actually asked me to marry him, but that's a long time. He was about 70 at the time. Hang on. What? Yeah. He was joking, but it was quite funny. But he told me a story. There's a picture of his mother who's, who was painted, obviously, by Egon Sheila with a big hat on her head. And he said, you know, lots of people have, have described it, you know, it's te- foretelling the demise of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire or foretelling the First World War. And he goes, what really happened was it, she was being painted on a Saturday morning and in Austria the shop shut, uh, used to shut early on Saturdays. And she just wanted to get to the shops and that's why she looks in a bad mood because she's just telling Egon Sheila to get a fucking move on. <laughs> which I thought was a really great story because, you know, all these people have, have decided what it, the, this painting tells. And it's basically a woman going, would you just get a move on? I need to get the shopping in, which I thought was a fantastic story. Yeah, and then she's stop posing for him completely and he's like oh I'm just gonna have to draw you know do myself masturbating again (laughs) mum's at the shops here's my dick oh I love a flaccid penis that's uh one of my faves. <laughs> I mean, obviously you're a great fan of great art. Did you ever go to the Neu Galleria, which I recommended for you in New York? Did you ever? No, because I, when you recommended me to go, I went to it. I was like, we just didn't know anything about art. Why would I go there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you missed out. It's a really great museum in New York. If you ever get to New York, it's Doesn't fantastic. sound like an informed opinion. <laughs> We're nearing the end of the podcast and it's about this time, Hannah, that what we usually have is a section called What's Got Jen's Goat? My favourite section. It's not. It's actually Alison's favourite section. And the only last thing to say is before we wrap this up, why aren't you following me on Instagram? She's very upset about this. Obviously. <laughs> but I had reasons. Yeah. I mean, um, how long have you been sitting on this? Uh, probably about a year and a well, half. Well, listen, Jane, no, I mean, you, have you been? Person. Have you been upset about it for a year and a half or have you been on Instagram for a year and a half? Uh, let's just say I've been brooding on it for as long as I've noticed, which is at least three weeks. Is Instagram something you're <laughs> proud of? Is your no, Instagram a, feed something you're proud it's of? It's appalling. Or do you see it as a sign of my respect for you? <laughs> Like you, you only have two pictures on your Instagram. Like, why would I fucking follow that? That's not me. Oh, really? That's not me. She looks really similar. That's someone pretending to be me. It's not well, me. Good on her. She's Jen Brister comedy. Oh. Hey, listen, I've let it go. It's oh, fine. Oh, yeah, no, I don't know why I'm not following you. I love people who swim <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> 
That is and a have children. Jeez. That is, yeah, that's good content. <laughs> All right, is that my? I don't even have it. I don't. I know. Jenny, I know Jenny does your Instagram. I know. How do I do that? I want to be an old person soon. Oh look, for fuck's sake! Just give it to Jenny. She'll do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I want to be able to go follow back. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? It's happening. Look, follow. Okay, fine. It's official. <laughs> It's happened. There we go. Do you go. feel better? I do. I feel better from the inside out. I feel better from the inside out. My self-esteem has been dragging I'm along the really gr- sorry that meant so much to you and so little to me. I noted that. <laughs> that that's why I brought it up, I'm Hannah. I'm so sorry you feel that way. But no, no, like if people don't follow me, am I supposed to feel something? No, you're not supposed to feel anything. It's It was... It, it, do you know what? It was a throwaway joke and I wish I'd never done it now. Okay, fine. It's fine. I, 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 absolutely. You didn't throw it far enough away. <laughs> There's feelings. There's real feelings. I just need to check in that you're not actually sad. Has, is this finished yet, Leanne? I would just like to acknowledge I was in a strange one tonight. You were 100% Hannah Gadsby and that's all we wanted. Thanks very much and what a great show. Well, that was our final episode of this season and what an absolute chock-a-block season it's been. We've had butterholes, we've had herpes. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't want to do the whole backlog of all the things we've had on this show, but it's 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 mystifying and worrying on on equal level. But it's been an absolute pleasure for each and every one of us to do this podcast. Ladies, have you got anything you'd like to add? Uh, I have just enjoyed my time with you guys very much and I look forward to uh, season two. And I'm very relieved to find out I didn't have herpes after all this time. It was just hives. (laughs) Well, we will be back on the 5th of February. But until then, we would like to say an absolutely huge, massive, big thank you to every single one of you that have taken the time to listen to this bollocks. And also for any of you that have sent us a little nice message on Instagram or any of the socials or, or or even out of this world, given us some cash, we would like to thank you from the bottom of our vulvas. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that for a while. Hey. Oh, me neither. And feel free to listen again to all the episodes, download them, whatever you do with them. Decorate them. Rate us, write nice comments. We are very needy. We appreciate every single one. Until then, we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New, New Year. Year. Happy 2021, folks. I'm still ringing. Yeah, we noticed. Now end. (laughs) (laughs) Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one and then we all win. Will that do? Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.